the Big Fight Weekend Podcast here on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network of Shows is brought to you in part by MyBookie.ag. Winning season continues at MyBookie, and now they're offering a free $20 bet with the promo code SGP20. That's MyBookie.ag, promo code SGP20, to get a free $20 bet with your first deposit. We're also brought to you in part by Thrive Fantasy. Thrive Fantasy is a new daily fantasy sports app built specifically for player props. Download the app in the App Store and use the promo code SGP for instant deposit matches up to 50 bucks. That's thrivefantasy.com, promo code SGP. Sign up and prop up today. And we're also brought to you by Ace Per Head. Ace is the leader in pay-per-head providers, and they make it super easy to start your own sports book. Plus, Ace is offering up to six weeks free over at aceperhead.com slash SGP. That's aceperhead.com slash SGP. We're also brought to you in part by Sean Green. Pre-order Sean's latest comedy album, This Loss Hurts Us All, for only $3.99. That's right, only $3.99. Head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Sean to get the new album. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Sean. The countdown is on to fight time. This is Big Fight Weekend. Now, here is your host, T.J. Reeves. Yes, indeed. We are back in with another edition of our preview podcast for the weekend in the fights. Much to get to, much to discuss. I am merely the host of the program, straight ahead four-division world champion Leo Santa Cruz, who is now within about eight, nine days, depending on when you're hearing us, from taking on Gervonta Davis in a highly anticipated pay-per-view showdown, lightweight world title fight coming up in San Antonio, Texas on Showtime and Premier Boxing Champions pay-per-view Halloween night. We talked to him in advance of that fight right here on this podcast. You will hear from Leo Santa Cruz, Uh, who has won a couple of huge fights previously in his career with Carl Frampton, with Abner Mares in the featherweight division, now moving up to fight at 135 against Tank Davis. Anxious to talk with him later on in the program. Marquise John, senior writer, BigFightWeekend.com. We go over the Vasaly Lomachenko-Teofimo Lopez fight. Uh, From last weekend, won by Lopez. He's the new undisputed lightweight champion of the world. We also wonder where in the world is not Carmen Sandiego, if you watch the kids' shows, uh, and I have. Uh, Where in the world is Deontay Wilder right now, the bronze bomber, and why is he not speaking up, the former WBC heavyweight champion, about Tyson Fury wanting to fight somebody besides Wilder? Uh, Wilder, by the way, celebrated his 35th birthday on Thursday. I'm going to talk to Marquise more about this whole thing, about why is Wilder so silent and what does it mean? What does it mean about disarray behind the scenes, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And then Marquise will help preview the fights uh, that are coming uh, Friday night in Mexico City. Juan Francisco Estrada defending his WBC super flyweight title. Ramon Chocolatito Gonzalez, very exciting, hard-punching fighter out of Nicaragua, has the WBA version of that belt. Both of those guys in action, separate fights, same card, same venue uh, in the uh, Azteca TV studios in Mexico City on Friday night, and DAZN will have it streaming in the U.S. So Marquise will preview all the fights, all the pertinent stuff for the weekend a little later on in the podcast. As always, if you have not already, subscribe to this show. Subscribe to the podcast, Big Fight Weekend, whether you found us again off a social media link, whether you're finding us off the Sports Gambling Podcast network of shows, and we say thank you, tip of the hat to Sean Green, Ryan Kramer, and the the fleet of personnel doing podcasts and writing on sports podcast, sportsgamblingpodcast.com. Uh, again, whether you found us through them, whether you found us through a social media link, subscribe. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you get podcasts, subscribe. We always come to you in the preview mode, typically. But when the bigger fights are happening here as this year unfolds, we'll also come back and do recap podcasts as well. You'll get those automatically whenever they happen. If you are subscribed and you get the ding, you get the alert on the handheld device, the iPad, etc. So subscribe, five-star rate us and review us on uh, on uh, Apple Podcasts, on Spotify. More people will be able to find us that way. Some of you have already been doing that. Thank you for doing that. Continue doing that. 
rate us, review us. Uh, that helps other people find the show as well. So make sure you are subscribed away. So a lot to get to here on the program for the Fistic Arts of the Weekend. Again, Leo Santa Cruz is coming straight ahead. I've got that interview, Marquise Johns, later on in the podcast with the breakdown of Loma Lopez, Teofimo Lopez, unbeaten out of New York. Uh, did a fantastic job to capture the 135-pound title. Marquise and I will talk about how he did it, the ramifications of it, the bogus judging. Lopez won the fight, but the judging in the fight called into question. We'll talk about all of that later on in the show. Let's get to it. Let's start mixing it up right now as part of Big Fight Weekend. All right, as promised, here he is. Four-division world champion Leo Santa Cruz gets ready for a humongous showdown for the WBA Super Lightweight and Lightweight World Championships against Gervonta Tank Davis coming up October 31st now in San Antonio, Texas. Leo, welcome to the Big Fight Weekend po- uh, podcast with us. Thank you for making time for us. We're a couple of weeks out. How anxious are you? How excited are you to get this fight going? Yeah, no, thank you for having me here. You know, I'm very anxious. Like I say, I'm very anxious. I'm motivated. I'm excited to go out there and use a great fight for the fans. I just, you know, this is the biggest fight of my career, my first time pay-per-view. So I'm really excited and I'm ready to go out there and give a great show. You know, one of the most recent developments is this fan is uh, this fight is coming from uh, within closed doors, outside of closed doors with no fans, to now a setting in San Antonio at the Alamo Dome with fans. How excited were you when you heard there will now be some atmosphere and some fans as part of this? Oh, I was excited. You know, it was like if you know something uh, entered my body, like you know, of excitement because I was thinking I was gonna fight without fans, and yes, the thought of that it was you know. Uh, really, you know, disappointing. I, I'm always used to fighting with fans. I'm always used to hearing them cheer, their support and everything. And yes, the feeling of not having fans, I thought it was going to be, you know, really, really bad. And I wouldn't have the same motivation and the same excitement as all my fights. Have you been watching some of these fights and just empathizing or feeling badly for some of the guys that, hey, uh, it's not the same. It's almost like a sparring session here. It is not the same as what we're used to. Have you have you felt bad in some ways watching some of these fights? Yes, of course. You know, I've seen the fights and it's all silent. All you can hear is the punches, you know, going back and forth and no shears, no motivation for the fighters. So I think that's really, really bad for fighters. So, you know, it's bad, but, you know, thankfully, God, uh, we're going to have fans and they're not going to be like that. But by the way, we're going to keep it real on the Big Fight Weekend podcast. You may hear Leo's kids from time to time chiming in. Uh, he's going to battle Tank Davis, but he's battling the kids as well tonight on the interview. And we appreciate that. It's both. I'm not sure what might be tougher, uh, Gervonta Davis or the kids and taking care of the kids, but it could be close on, uh, on both. Uh, okay, so much has been made uh, about Gervonta Davis, uh, the start to his career. He's got 22 knockouts and 23 wins. Uh, when you watch him, what stands out that you have to be ready for right away? Yeah, you know, his power. Like you said, you know, he has 22 knockouts out of 23. That's the stance the most. His power. I got to watch out for his power. I know he, if he could catch me, he could hurt me. So we got to be really careful. We're going to fight a, a smart fight, and we got to be really cautious. I don't expect you to give me a lot of strategy, but you've made no secret in recent interviews. You want to push him into later rounds using kind of the phrase, take him into deep waters, wear him down some. That is, that is obviously part of your game plan, and you've made, you've made that no secret, right? Yeah, no, of course. You know, that's what I want. You know, like I said, if, if I don't feel his power, if, I don't, if he don't hurt me, I'm going to try to stay there with him. If he don't hurt me, I'm going to stay there the whole fight, you know, the whole, all 12 rounds pressuring him on top of him but if I do feel that his power if I do feel that he could hurt me I'm gonna you know box and be smart and fight from the outside you have been in with a lot of world-class fighters Carl Frampton Abner Mares, just to name a couple of them and you fought both of those guys twice you avenged your only loss to Carl Frampton beating him obviously in the rematch how do you think that's prepared you for what for what's going to go on here with the big stage and Davis and the pay-per-view I think the way those fights helped me was that using my reach you know I was always used to brawling, going inside. And for those fights, my dad told me, hey, you could beat this guy easily with the jab in the, in the right. Just throw your jab, jab right, and stay from the outside. Don't let them come in. And I think that's how I fought him. And that I think this is how I had to fight Tank Davis and beat him like that. 
You hear the voice of Leo Santa Cruz, four-division world champion. He will fight Gervonta Davis on pay-per-view, PBC, Showtime pay-per-view now, Halloween night coming in San Antonio, Texas, with fans, which we're excited about uh, for this matchup. You mentioned your father, Jose, and it's a, it's a well-known situation with him battling illness, him, him battling and overcoming cancer, still fighting it. And he also had to overcome coronavirus, COVID-19. You, yeah. you have, again, been very open. This was a very scary thing back in June yeah. and July. Um, tell me more about how that has motivated you and empowered you even more to see your father pull through from this yet again with illness. You know, that's great motivation for me, you know, seeing my dad, you know, outcoming, everything he has outcome, you know, the virus, cancer, fighting, you know, every day of his life fighting, you know, for it. And him struggling and him, you know, not giving up. It gives me that extra motivation because I say if my dad could do it, I know he's going twice and, you know, triple, triple times more than what I'm going through, you know, when I get tired in the gym. My dad, what I'm going through is nothing compared to what my dad's going through. So I say if my dad could go through it, why can't I go through it? So that motivates me. And when my dad sees me train hard, when he sees me doing good, he gets happy, he gets motivated. And he is going to be in the gym right there watching me, and that's what I want. I want him to be motivated, to have a reason to live, to fight. And, you know, I think I help him, and he helped, he helped me. I love that. Okay, a couple of fun ones. You had to, growing up as a fight fan, or as you got a little older, see pay-per-views. Uh, maybe Mike Tyson. I don't know who it was. Was there a pay-per-view that you watched that you remember, and you dreamed, I want to do that someday? I want to fight on pay-per-view like Tyson or like whoever it was. Was there one, Leo? Yeah, you know, it was like Chavez. You know, when I saw Julio Chavez, when I saw Mayweather, I said, you know, this. hopefully one day I could be, uh, you know, fighting a pay-per-view fight, and now my dream is coming true, and I can't believe it still. And, but, you know, dreams will come true. I work hard for it, and now I'm living it. We're talking to you as we're still approaching fight week. What is this like? You're, you're near the end of training. You're not yet at the site. I, I see you smiling. You're not yet there for the press, for the weigh-in. How, how, is this torturous right now? You're almost there. You can almost see it, but we're not yet there. How, how do you deal with it? Yeah, no, it is. You know, it is torturous. I, wanna, I want fight week already to come. You know, I want to fight, get it over it. I want all the training to be done. The dieting, you know, it's hard to diet and not be able to eat whatever you want. And then the training, it gets your body tired and everything. So I just want to fight. I want to go out there, give the fans a great show. But, you know, this is part of life. This is my job. I have to do it. I'm used to it already. So, you know, there's nothing else to do than just to not give up. No doubt. One of the more exciting yeah. fighters in the smaller weight classes <laughs> in the world is Leo Santa Cruz. A message, please, for the fans that are hearing us on Big Fight Weekend uh, I, I think this thing sells itself, as I like to say, but sell it a little more. Why should they be buying pay-per-view of Santa Cruz and Tank Davis? Go ahead. Tell them. I, I think the fans you know, should tune in and watch this fight because it's going to be a great fight, a war, because Tank Davis is an undefeated fighter. He's young. Me, I'm a four-division world champion. I'm hungry. I still want to, you know, it's a, the sky's the limit for me. I still want to accomplish many things, and I'm going to go with everything in, for this fight. You know, this is like do or die. For this fight, I have to leave everything in the ring. I'm going to go out there and do this for my dad. You know, he's battling with cancer, so I'm going to go and do this for him so he could be, have an extra motivation and continue to fight cancer. Career-defining night for Leo and for Tank Davis. Best of luck. Thank you. I know you're busy. I know you got the family. You put the family on hold for a couple minutes to talk to yeah. us on the Big Fight Weekend podcast. Good yeah. luck against Tank Davis. Leo, thank you. No, you're welcome. Thank you very much. And like I said, you know, I, I care about it. It's a safety of, your, of, you know, myself, for the fans, you know, uh, hopefully everybody's, you know, well protected with COVID and everything. And also, you know, uh, Everlast, shout out to Everlast. You know, they have the best gloves in the in the business. Uh, they always, you know, ever since the beginning of my career, Everlast was there with me. You know, shout out to them. And they're the best gloves in the world. Well, and this guy looks to be the best in the world coming up on October 31st. <laughs> Leo, thank you. Good luck. You're welcome. Thank you, guys. Still to come, Marquise Johns with me to talk more about the fights this weekend, including Juan Francisco Estrada and Ramon Chocolatito Gonzalez. No, they're not yet fighting each other in a rematch. They're defending their titles separately in the same weight division, same card, TV as Teca Studios uh, in Mexico City. 
Uh, Marquise will have the preview of that and all the news of the week and all the, the activity that is coming up here as part of the Big Fight Weekend podcast. But first, let's talk about our friends at MyBookie.ag. Winning season is here, and that means with the NFL in full swing, it's your chance to win big. Plus, in college football, as we've already been alluding to, the Big Ten is back. The Pac-12 won't be far behind to join the SEC, the ACC, and the Big 12. There's nothing sweeter than watching your team cash in and putting cash in your pocket through MyBookie.ag. And whether you're a first-time player, a veteran of the game, taking the underdogs, etc., you can sign up right now and get a free $20 wager with SGP20, the promo code. That's right, our promo code is SGP20, and on your initial deposit with my bookie, you get a free $20 wager. Nothing beats all of the action of college football and the NFL on the weekends. You can get free money with MyBookie from us and bet on anything from the NFL to the World Series that's going on with the Tampa Bay Rays, my Rays playing the Dodgers, college football, the election, all of it. It's winning season, baby, and it's all happening at MyBookie. So check them out right now, MyBookie.ag. Remember, our promo code is SGP20. Get a free wager if you're a first-time user signing up. Free $20 wager with the promo code SGP20. You bet, you win, you get paid with my bookie. All right, sports fans, also don't forget to grab the brand new album from our buddy Sean Green from the Sports Gambling Podcast. His comedy album is out. This loss hurts us all. It's only $3.99. It's going to be highly entertaining and worth your while to laugh along with Sean, particularly because he's such a diehard Eagles fan. This comes from he and his dad and their long love-hate relationship with the Philly teams, especially the Eagles. His dad would oftentimes, when they had a tough loss, use the phrase this loss hurts us all and that's where the comedy album comes from the album uh, is available right now online at sportsgamblingpodcast.com it's available right there sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash sean s-e-a-n spell his name just $3.99 for the album Oh, and we've got something to entice you with. If you pre-order this album right now and send a screenshot on uh, on email to podcast at sportsgamblingpodcast.com, you're going to get an opportunity to have your name drawn and get $100 worth of cash and an SGP hoodie and a chance to get out uh, picks on the air on the Sports Gambling Podcast. So we're going to draw a winner. So if you go ahead and pre-order this album, Album, Sean Green's album, This Loss Hurts Us All, and send in a screenshot that you've pre-ordered it, uh, you email that to us at podcast at sportsgamblingpodcast.com. Podcast at sportsgamblingpodcast.com is the email. You're going to get $100 cash if you're drawn as the lucky winner, an SGP hoodie from the merchandise store, and a chance to make picks on the show with Sean and Ryan and Colby and everybody. So go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Sean to find out more about the album. Get into the contest. This loss hurts us all is hilarious. You're going to love it. Go get it at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Sean. We are also brought to you in part by Thrive Fantasy, the daily fantasy sports app for player props. The response has been fantastic from listeners on the Sports Gambling Podcast and the network fleet of shows. Thrive Fantasy is thrilled, and they're hooking up listeners with another $1,000 free roll contest that starts with the Eagles-Giants Thursday night game for the free roll. Again, if you're hearing us later in the weekend, you missed out, but hopefully you're hearing us in time on Three Dog Thursday to grab into the free roll contest with the Eagles and the Giants. You're going to be hearing more from Tiki Barber about this game in our next segment uh, when he joins us here on Three Dog Thursday. But right now, get in that $1,000 free roll contest. Use the password DJ for degenerates d-e-g-e-n get in the game use the password degen and again thrive fantasy operates differently than other daily fantasy because you're picking player uh, props there's only a few player props for any of these games in the nfl uh, and for the ones this weekend uh, that i'm looking at very interesting that tom brady going against the raiders has a prop that is up there for 282 pass yards Uh, Do you take the under? Do you take the over on that? The Raiders 
pass defense has not been very good. We're going to talk more later in the podcast with Brian Edwards about the San Francisco 49ers at the New England Patriots. Julian Edelman's prop is 52.5 receiving yards. Do you take the under over in that one? Could the Patriots be 1-4? We're going to talk more in the NFL segments later on here on Three Dog Thursday about that. But that's the prop right now at Thrive Fantasy. Edelman, 52.5 on the passing yards on his receiving yards, how many will he have uh, in that game? And what about uh, a couple of other player props that are interesting um, uh, that are on this one? Ryan Tannehill, 250 passing yards under over against the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, in this one. And Philip Lindsay of the Denver Broncos. Broncos in the cold weather will play the Chiefs, will host the Chiefs. Lindsay and under over on half a touchdown. Does he get a rushing touchdown? Does he get a receiving touchdown? These are the props you can play with Thrive Fantasy. Go to thrivefantasy.com uh, to, to play the game with the props. And remember, you can get in that free roll on Thursday night. They've had over $50,000 in guaranteed prizes paid out weekly. They've awarded over $1.6 million in cash prizes so far this year. Use our promo code SGP and you get $50 on your first deposit. So again, whatever you put in, up to $50, bucks, you will get that back with our promo code SGP. Go to thrivefantasy.com to find out more about the rules and where the restrictions apply download the app thrive fantasy sign up and prop up today and don't forget our promo code is sgp and if you've ever thought of owning your own sports book but you didn't know how ace per head is here to help you start it up they'll provide you with an all-inclusive professional betting site with all the lines updated up to the second and wagers graded immediately they've got top-notch customer service going 24 7 some of the sharpest lines in the industry and plus Ace Per Head also has live betting and a great mobile experience. You can get started today. Ace is offering six weeks free, by the way. Go to aceperhead.com slash SGP. That's aceperhead.com slash SGP to find out more. We're back on Big Fight Weekend now. Here's your host, TJ Reeves. Indeed, we are back in. We will be previewing the weekend action inside of the squared circle with Marquise Johns, senior writer, BigFightWeekend.com. Before we get to the fights this weekend, Week Sauce, always good to have you back uh, here on the program. And I guess right away, uh, your reaction is uh, you heard that conversation with Leo Santa Cruz. I know that fight is next weekend, Halloween night, Saturday night, San Antonio, Texas. I, th- I thought it was interesting that he's open about the strategy, that he wants to take him into the late rounds, wear him down. Uh, he's making that no secret. What's your reaction to that, Marquise, as we bring you in? It's going to make for a tough test, TJ, and thanks for having me on. But one of the things I'm looking forward to on this fight, and speaking to everyone about this fight, about Davis and Santa Cruz, is it's well known, TJ. Gervonta Davis, was had, before in previous fights, has had troubles making weight. And the issue now that they're going to try out to figure out with him is – He's coming in with this with this COVID, with the pandemic going on. The best thing for it to happen to Davis was this pandemic to, to stay lay low and just be in training camp because right now he's coming in looking pretty good in shape so far too. And they're going to try to test the stadium on that. And it's interesting that Santa Cruz, who's known to do this and has known been thrown to throw a bunch of punches, is going to try out his stamina. The one thing that was lacking from Davis in his last fight against Gamboa was that where he couldn't put him away until literally the last minute of that last fight in Atlanta last year that I was at. So we're going to see if that's going to be a test for Santa Cruz to make this really it's going to be a slugfest if that's the case because Davis is not going to sit and just not throw back. So but we'll see how if, he, if, if Davis Santa Cruz can withstand any of that, like the wars he had with Frampton and uh, right. Abner Morris. Right. And so I guess that's the logical follow-up question because Santa Cruz has now moved up two more divisions here uh, with this one at 135. Does he punch hard enough here to really threaten – Gervonta Davis, because we know Davis with, with what, 21 knockouts and 22 wins, thunderous mm-hmm. puncher. Does Santa Cruz pack enough punch, in your opinion here, to get Davis's attention and, if if need be, turn the tide of the fight? What do you think? I think he has a shot, TJ. I, mean, I hate to use the cliche on you, but I think he does have a puncher's chance with this, going because of the volume of punches that he throws in fights. And that was the one thing that's been lacking his last few fights coming in here. This sounds like a different Santa Cruz that we've heard on the interview, so I'm looking forward to seeing how this turf shapes out. 
No doubt. And again, the fight will be next weekend, not this weekend, next weekend at the Alamo Dome in San Antonio, Texas, with fans present, as we were talking about with Leo. And they moved that fight back off of this weekend and changed the site. It was going to be this weekend at the Mohegan Sun Casino. Showtime still has a premier boxing champions card, which Marquise will give you a quick rundown on here in a few minutes. But now it is not the uh, the Davis Santa Cruz pay per view that is switched to Halloween weekend. Going to be a wild uh, Saturday next Saturday with the top ranked show that features the monster in a way from Japan fighting Jason Maloney from Australia in the mm-hmm. main event. Santa Cruz Davis pay per view main event lightweight title fight uh, and also Usyk. And Chisora, the heavyweights, Alexander Usyk, the former undisputed cruiserweight champion, his second bout as a heavyweight against hard-punching British journeyman heavyweight Derek Chisora is in the afternoon U.S. time next week. So we got all of that next weekend. We got some good fights for this weekend. So um, uh, we got some good fights uh, that, that we're looking forward to previewing here in a couple of moments, including the Friday night show on DAZN from Mexico City. Before we get there, Marquise, you and I have not discussed the Sally Lomachenko Teofimo Lopez won by Lopez uh, last week. Now the undisputed in air quotes lightweight champion of the world. I know Devin Haney is still laying laying claim to the WBC belt. To me, it's fairly simple. Lomachenko won the WBC belt. They called him the franchise champion after he did it. Nobody had beaten him until last Saturday night. So as far as I'm concerned, Teofimo Lopez has got the WBC belt along with the other three uh, that he has. All right, so uh, I'll tee it up to you first. Your impressions coming off that fight. How surprised were you that Lopez won it and won it that convincingly? Not at all, TJ. In fact, on if you listen to this podcast and listen to me last week when I was at you got you and TC on, I yep. had Tiafimo Lopez stopping him. The one thing that changed from him being stopped, honestly, TJ, in that fight was the fact that Lomachenko for the first half of it didn't throw enough punches that changed any tide whatsoever. And the big issue with that was because what what Lopez explained after the fight to the media at one o'clock in the morning Eastern time here and his dad, they couldn't get Lomachenko and couldn't get inside, and that was a big issue that they saw in a lot of his fights. Of course, Lomachenko came out after the fact now and said he had a sore shoulder, you know, the usual <laughs> injury playbook that every fighter goes through whenever they take a, a C-minus performance or an L. So we, we're going with that route nonetheless. But Well, he did I, have, I was, in fairness, he did have surgery, and there is documentation that this doctor was treating him, and they even gave him an injection before the fight, and all of that is documented through the uh, Nevada Commission because they had to fill out the forms to request the injection and all of that. It, it, it smacks of the same thing with Manny Pacquiao uh, back five years ago in the Floyd Mayweather fight, but in that case, they had not filled out the correct paperwork and notified the commission so he couldn't take the injection before the fight. Uh, and, and Pacquiao was primarily a one-armed fighter and didn't fight very well or very enthusiastically in that fight five years ago, and he ended up having rotator cuff surgery after that. Now, as surgeries go, uh, the Lomachenko injury is not the same. It is not as serious. It's a labrum issue, uh, uh, according to the surgeon who's talking after this is over with about Lomachenko. But I really thought it explained a lot about why he was not as aggressive in the early part of the fight. So I guess the question to you, Marquise, is now that we know that he's had the shoulder surgery afterwards, does it explain a little more why Lomachenko basically sat back for the first five or six rounds uh, because maybe he was concerned, I only have so many punches in that right shoulder? Maybe the case, TJ, because he didn't do anything, honestly, until about the midway of the seventh round of that fight where – you kind of wonder, like, did he came to show up to play or if it was even even point of point to participate or if he was just pretty much phoning it in. Now that we know that he was hurt, we'll see how he recovers from this. And we, you mentioned before it wasn't that serious, and we'll see how fast he rebounds on this next go-around. What's interesting, TJ, that I want to find out with this is I'm still in the camp, and I still believe this when I'm, until I'm changed, until I've been proven otherwise. I think he moves back down to 130. Right. And at the, at the end of the day, in the end of the day, they've been talking about, hey, is there a rematch in this? Possibly, maybe. Maybe not. Lopez has been talking about, you know, that he has all the belts. He's going with the 140. I mean, at 135, what's left for him? I mean, he has the belt that Devin Haney was emailed already. So what, what does he care about the WBC <laughs> title at this point? So I, they, they talked about that. At this point, there's at 135, outside of an actual rematch, which it involves money, and Aram has already flat out said he's not interested in it. I mean, I think that maybe TJ. Well, I guess, I guess a- you know what we just talked about before. If Gervonta Davis wins, and let's say he wins impressively, and he wants to yeah. fight at lightweight, 
that would be an inch. But again, that would have to be PBC and top rank coming together uh, who have been adversaries now for the better part of about seven or eight years that Al Heyman and PBC and, and Bob Arum and his organization, top rank, would have to come together on a joint pay-per-view, et cetera, et cetera, and whatever would happen, just like they did with Fury and Wilder and the heavyweights. So mm-hmm. that would be that would be the biggest challenge if that one could be worked out. But other than that, I think I agree with you. Um, okay, so I, I will come at it from this angle. I was not able to watch the fight live. I was working last weekend major college football, the Alabama-Georgia game which was a knockout punch delivered by the Crimson Tide in college football action last Saturday night in Tuscaloosa. I was on the national radio call with Tiki Barber. Marquise, you know that, and some of the audience may know that uh, as well. So automatically, I hate doing this. I'm already tainted before I go to watch the fight because I'm reading all the accounts about how Lopez dominated and about how the judging was was screwed up. And And then we later learned that Lomachenko's shoulders hurt so that taints you when you go to watch the fight. I finally got around to being able to see the fight uh, actually at the time that we're taping this now, midweek. I watched it in the morning midweek, knowing all this information. And again, it's not the same as as you know when you're watching it live or reasonably live and you haven't heard all the outside influences uh, on this. I will say to you, my thought, and I want your thought on this, uh, Julie Letterman deserves to be called out for 119, 109, 11 rounds to one. Um, I gave Lomachenko the second round. I thought he landed two or three significant punches. I did not think that Teofimo Lopez landed anything significant in that round. I gave him the second round. Maybe that was debatable. The eighth round, clearly Lomachenko's best round of the fight. He dominated. Julie, Julie Letterman gave that round to Lopez. Inexcusable. The 10th round, Lomachenko's significant punch after significant punch after significant punch. She gave Lopez the 10th round. Um, Again, I'm singling her out, and you'll help me, Marquise. There have been two or three other male judges during the pandemic with the top-ranked bubble in Las Vegas and and even in a couple of other locations, uh, even in uh, the Mohegan Sun Casino for the Showtime PBC cards. Uh, or even the Fox cards at the Microsoft Theater in Los Angeles. There have been male judges who have screwed these up, but she's getting singled out on this show because the only round she gave Lomachenko was the 11th in an 11-1 card, and that's just an awful, awful card. I Lopez won the fight, but you can't... You can't justify to me that she, I, mean, I don't know what was going on there, that she didn't look at a couple of those rounds and say, absolutely, Lomachenko won this, and it would have been a little closer on the scorecard. What is your take on all of that that I just said? Absolutely, TJ. Well, I think Julian Ramirez's car was trash, and it's one of those things. I had to fight, and I rewatched it on my end. I had it seven five, watching it live. I rewatched it back. I have it eight four. It's one of those fights, TJ, where you really can't make too much of a case for where Lomachenko did too much of anything to really especially in the rounds that you just mentioned. What makes her card so egregious is the fact that she had it eleven to one, and it's like there's no way even the most jaded person even. And I think even uh, Tiffany Lopez's dad and trainer, uh, senior at in the pro fight press conference, was was even kind of he was joking. He was, he's saying it sort of in, in jest. To be honest with you, he said well, he had the fight twelve zero for Teofimo, so we know yeah, that. He, yeah, he had, yeah, he had exactly. only one less round than Julie Letterman. Yes. Yeah, he fought his car. He fought her car was fair. So once you get on that territory, TJ, you got to question it severely. <laughs> well, and and again, um, how what do you make of the argument? And I've heard a couple people bring this up that okay, it's a sterile quiet environment so the crowd is not roaring when anybody does anything and joe tessitore uh, made mention of that a couple of times that typically there would be a roaring crowd here with what lopez is doing or what lomachenko is doing how much do you believe that's affecting these bubble judges that it's such a sterile environment and it's easy to uh to almost get uh, lost in that and, and make it more difficult to to judge a specific round because Lomachenko didn't have the crowd behind him, for example, in the eighth round. Again, he clearly, I only had him winning four rounds. I had Lopez yeah. winning eight to four, but he clearly won the eighth round and he clearly landed the more significant punches. And my point again to you, wonder what you think, if a crowd had been roaring, doesn't that make a difference some with a judge? It's not supposed to, but doesn't it? 
It, it usually does, TJ, but let's be honest. These judges have been making crappy scorecards since the evolution of boxing. It's just one of those things where it's True. more blatantly obvious now because they, there's no, they have nothing to fall back on to uh, making excuses where it's like, hey, there was a crowd behind. We, we, we were just following the momentum of the tide. We heard, you know, we, we heard someone in the, like, in the fifth row saying something that they liked. And, you know, they, they have no excuse for it. And it's, it, it, just, it just compounds the issue with boxing judging and how – they need to find a way, TJ, to really overhaul this or find some way to make these folks accountable for this. Right. Like, all, like all pandemic long on these top-ranked bubble shows, like people know Dave Moretti and Tim Cheatham like like, <laughs> like the caller ID names on the back of their phones <laughs> for the horrendous scorecards they've been putting yes. in, and rightfully so. And this is just another name you can add to the stack. I mean, Lou Moret as well for all, on some of these PBC shows isn't any better. And you kind of wonder, like, at some point, dude, is there some sort of, like, qualification? Is there a... A test that these guys have to take, like a driver's license. Well, a lot point, of it is subjective. A lot of it is subjective, and they're they're supposed to have no outside influences. They don't have access to hard data a lot of the time in real time uh, to tell them how many punches got landed in that round, uh, et cetera, et cetera. You're just having to watch, and it's subjective on what do you like? Do you do you like somebody that lands more volume of punches? Do you like somebody that lands the more significant, the impactful punches, even if it's fewer? It's a subjective thing uh, with judging. So I understand that. And again, Julie is the daughter of the late Hall of Fame judge and, and HBO commentator uh, and their unofficial judge, Harold Letterman. And she's worked a bunch of championship fights. And we're not just singling her out for being a female because you just singled out some male judges that have done this wrong. We're singling out the scoring of that card being 11-1 for Lopez. Don't take away the decision. He deserved the decision win. I think Lomachenko's even got to concede that. He didn't do enough. Lomachenko won one of the first seven rounds of the fight. Objectively. Uh, easily easily behind 5-2, to two, probably behind 6-1. to one. At that point... And Lopez clearly, don't you agree, Marquise, came out motivated and won the 12th round. You can't give away five of the first six rounds and the 12th round and expect to get anything other than a draw unless you're scoring knockdowns and getting some 10-8 rounds to make up for it, right? On the math. Absolutely, TJ. And that was the one thing that was weird watching it live, where if you were following Andre Ward's card, where he had it like this weird, it, it, came, it became almost like a weird narrative for like the fight itself, where he had it like, like almost like at a dead heat and he had it as a draw. And it's like, there is no way that right. this fight was not for Lopez. Get- and he's been <laughs> criticized. And Ward has been criticized a couple of times here with some of the cards that he's had. Uh, and again, he's not a former judge. He's a former fighter. He's a former championship fighter. Uh, and it's a subjective thing and in this case Ward and Timothy Bradley and Joe Tessitore were there in the bubble on site they were not right at ringside because what they have been doing is calling the fights in remote locations where Tessitore was in the ESPN studio and Ward and Bradley were in their homes detached Mm -hmm. from the entire crew and that makes it even tougher to judge sitting at your house trying to watch on TV uh, and judge it in terms of the atmosphere uh, but even even still, yeah, War, I thought Ward's card was a little over the top because he ended it what six six. I think he gave yeah he gave Lopez the twelfth round for a a uh, as it turns out what one fourteen one fourteen card yeah which very generous there. Boxing judging, we could go on and on on the Big Fight Weekend podcast. Let's move on, shall we? I promise we're going to get to previewing the weekend cards with my man, Week Sauce Radio. He's all over it. He's the senior writer on BigFightWeekend.com with the previews, with the recaps. we got the DAZN show in Mexico City with a bunch of the smaller weight fighters that are ready to tee it up uh, for Friday night at the time that we're taping right now. Deontay Wilder. Uh, I wrote about this on Thursday at the time that we're taping here, whenever you're hearing us, that Wilder turned 35 years old. Uh, There is such a mystery right now around him because he has been quiet. He is not... He's not uh, come back and fired back at the at the Tyson Fury camp and Aram and Top Rank or anybody else saying, I want to fight Tyson Fury, and I want to fight him before the end of this year, and he's running from me. No- nothing. We've heard nothing, Marquise. We know there's turmoil behind the scenes in his camp. Give me some analysis from the cheap seats. What do you make of the silence here from the former WBC heavyweight champion? 
it's got to be something seriously going on, TJ, because this is one of those things where I just we're only getting one side of the story, and it's one of those side, and it's the side of the story that obviously that we're hearing from uh, Top Rank and, and Tyson Fury's side of the whole things, where they had the fight set up for this day, the network said no, which I just don't believe. TJ, you're, you're going because you're, because of football games, you mean to tell me? As you well know, Buckers right. are playing the Falcons week 15. That's what's pushing this away. The <laughs> third tier Capital One Bowl week, you know, the Emerald Nuts Yankee Pinstripe Bowl stuff. That's what's pushing this fight away. Uh, no, I'm not buying any of that. So Do we're only you believe Wilder is re-injured or not healed and this is an injury thing? Is that your educated speculation on why we're hearing nothing and why he won't say, yes, I'm ready to fight in December? That has to be the reason, TJ, because at this point, he he was injured beforehand, and they pushed it out to this go-around, and now we're here, and now it's pretty much gone. It's gone by the wayside, and we're not hearing anything from anybody on the PBC side of things, which is always interesting when they're not saying anything at all whatsoever, let alone Wilder. So I'm, I'm thinking that, TJ, he is hurt still. Luckily for him, this fight in this rematch clause is set up somewhere where it's in the WBC and they make the rules the best they go. <laughs> he is still technically the mandatory challenger. Don't believe any of this Alexander uh, Povetkin, Dillian White nonsense. The, right. the, if Fowler wants to fight next Fury, he will get his chance at his belt back against Tyson Fury. It's just a matter now of uh, pretty much hide-and-seeking when, when will that happen. Well, I mean, Fury has made it clear with, uh, with again, with Aram and with Frank Warren, his British co-promoter, that he wants to fight Anthony Joshua, and they apparently have agreed to a two-fight deal for 2021, and so it seems to me that Fury's going to be full steam ahead unless Wilder suddenly speaks up here and says, wait a minute, I got the third fight, but if he was going to do that, it would have been in the last couple of weeks. We've heard nothing from him, and again, uh, you and I have not uh, addressed this at length, but Mark Breland no longer involved in the corner, the former U.S. Olympian, the former world welterweight champion who has been with Wilder throughout his whole championship run of the last six years. He's gone. That's not that surprising, but it just is one more clue that there's disarray behind the scenes uh, here for Wilder, who's not getting any younger uh, in this. So let's see let's see if and when we hear from the bronze bomber maybe it will be soon and maybe he says i am physically ready to go and ready to train and i want to fight tyson fury and then that will be interesting as to what the wbc mandates and says to fury uh we will find out we will find out on that front all right uh fights for friday night first of all as i mentioned to zone show in mexico city a couple of world title fights smaller weight fighters but a very interesting potential unification fight that will be a rematch is in the offing if Juan Francisco Estrada, who is the WBC junior bantamweight champion at 115 pounds, he's defending his title in Mexico City in the TV studios of Azteca, of, uh, Azteca TV. No fans. Uh, Ramon Chocolatito Gonzalez, an exciting fighter uh, from uh, Nicaragua. Uh, big knockout puncher defends his WBA version of the same weight class, 115 pounds. And the idea is for these two to meet. They fought one time before and Chocolatito won it eight years ago when they fought before. So these guys each defending their title, they're both supposed to win. That's the DAZN show. Your thoughts, Marquise Johns. Absolutely, TJ. I'm looking forward to this fight card. It's actually for for these matchroom boxing show cards, TJ, for better or for worse, have been worse. This one, uh, not so much. And actually up and down, just going up, just looking at the list itself of the fight cards, uh, a couple of prospects on the beginning of it. Ofa Jones the third out of uh, Soul City Boxing Toledo's in the opening up the show at 7. Uh, Austin Amo Williams, TJ, a middleweight prospect uh, who was uh, fighting as well as on this card. And then, of course, my personal favorite, uh, Julio Cesar Martinez is defending his flyweight championship in a non-title bout now because his opponent, Moses Calero, at the time we're taping this, came in at bantamweight, which would be great for uh, anyway, but they're fighting at 112 and not 118. So that fight's on the line as well. So Calero's weighed approximately six pounds over the limit of 112, (laughs) the minimum weight, the flyweight uh, limit. Wow, that's amazing. 
yeah, so, solid two weight classes up, TJ. So we'll see how much conditioning and shape he is in for that <laughs> one. He is a he he is a late replacement because his original opponent for Martinez had had caught COVID and had to drop out. So that's wow. a, that a lot a lot of these. Let's be honest, TJ. A lot of these 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 card this card up in general a side wise is expected to win without convincingly. But is this a well? Matter of and again, thing? Estrada. Uh, so, so it's kind of like a round robin thing. Chocolatito was beaten twice by a tie fighter. Uh, Shriek Set Sorung Visai, that's his name. Sorung Visai yeah. defeated Gonzalez uh, uh, by decision and then knocked him out. And then Estrada, Juan Francisco Estrada, beat Sorung Visai, the tie fighter, and get, and captured the WBC belt. In the meantime, Chocolatito uh, fought in February and won um, and, and recaptured the WBA version of the belt. So this is interesting because he's trying to rematch Estrada and beat the guy that beat him twice. Did I get all of that straight? If it all comes to pass and Estrada and Chocolatito both win Friday night like we believe they will as smaller weight big punchers. That's actually right, TJ. That's the brown robin that's going on at uh, the uh, super flyweight division. And supposedly Sorung Visai could get back in the mix because, again, he owns two wins over Ramon Chocolatito uh, Gonzalez. All right, so that's the big fight for Friday night, Saturday night again. Showtime uh, card in the Mohegan Sun Casino, the empty uh, casino studios for Showtime on the Premier Boxing Champions card. Again, originally they were going to have the Gervonta Davis Leo Santa Cruz pay per view this Saturday night, the 24th. It will not be happening. Instead, it is welterweight contender Sergey Lipinets, a brawler. And he's involved in a fight, so give me a little more on this, Marquise. That's the main event on the on the Showtime PBC card late Saturday night. Absolutely, TJ. In fact, this card itself was supposed to take place back on October 10th, but the uh, Lipinets' original opponent had visa issues and can't make it. So instead, they get the one that can make it, uh, and Custio Clayton out of Canada to uh, fly into the uh, fight spheres, we're calling it, TJ, with no fans on Saturday night in Showtime. Uh, interesting fight with this one for it being for the IBF interim uh, title at this point. What it is is going to be a, a placeholder for Lipinets to be eventually going to have a title shot for the belt that Earl Spence is currently holding on to uh, comfortably uh, mm-hmm. at 147. Interesting fight too, TJ, because both these guys are looking at this as a chance to get the, at, at your later stages a number of chance at a title that Lipinets hasn't had since he lost to Mikey Garcia a couple of years back, and this will be Clayton's first chance at one. So it's really interesting on that part of it. Also on the uh, undercard of it as well, TJ, I want to run down to you. Uh, Malik Hawkins is yes. taking on so, Subrio Matias. Uh, that name should be familiar to you, TJ, because the last time he was in action that we all may have seen well known was against a guy named Maximum Dadashev in his yep. last fight, and that's what went down with that. Talk to Malik Hawkins beforehand, TJ, about this fight. He is trying to keep this fight on the outside. Abner Morris, who's calling this fight for showtime, told me beforehand in the fighter meetings, that's the exact same thing he said as well, and, and also Abner Morris said the same thing as well. He mentioned, well, we all say one fight on the outside. Then we get hit in the mouth, and plans change. <laughs> so we'll see how that works out as well. I, I, I'm taking that to heart on his part as well. Yeah, also, and- uh, uh, Malik Malik Hawkins is obviously favored. Matthias, as you mentioned, tragically uh, stopped Maxim Dadashev, who later died uh, after the fight, and Matthias has decided to fight on uh, here in his career. But he is a durable, he's a Puerto Rican-born uh, uh, fighter. Th- this is going to be an intriguing undercard fight. I will pay attention some to that fight as well. Go ahead, finish up there on the Showtime card. Saturday night again, Mohegan Sun Casino real quick. Absolutely, TJ. Also, the co-main event, uh, Mayweather prospect undefeated Xavier Martinez uh, is in action against Claudio Marrero. Uh, I don't know if you've seen TJ uh, Cla- Xavier Martinez in action on some of these showbox shows uh, out of Sam's Town out in Las Vegas, but he has been absolutely demolishing the people they put him up against. Where I think the last showbox card, I think Steve Farhood was going to talk, talk about the fight, and then like the fight was over. I think it was like 48 <laughs> seconds. It was one of those like I think I think his exact quote was, "I couldn't even read my notes on this guy," and the fight was already done. And this is going to be a big test for him uh, and Claudio Moreira, who was a pretty much a, a, a title challenger who's been around for a while. So we'll see how that stacks up as well. It's actually a real interesting card, TJ. All right. So that's the Showtime card on Saturday. And again, more interesting that there are world titles on the line at the smallest of weight levels, 115, 118, et cetera. 
uh, with Estrada, with Chocolatito Gonzalez. And again, as you mentioned, Julio Cesar Martinez's fight now is not a title fight because Caleros, the opponent, did not make weight on Thursday. So that's a non-title fight. But going to be interesting with those fight cards coming up. As always, we say to the audience, whether it's in the preview mode, the recap mode, the news that's going on, the historical perspective, Marquise, they, they need to be reading. They need to be locked into BigFightWeekend.com, correct? Absolutely, TJ. BigFightWeekend.com, your source for all things news, past, present, future. Going to be recapping these fights because I'm actually looking forward to these cards this weekend. Actually, it's a very fun-filled weekend with just uh, simple title fights. It's always good to have title fights to, re- to talk about as well. Uh, also, reviewing the Showtime card as well as we get, prepare ourselves for next weekend when we see the big pay-per-view and the endless amount of fights going on Halloween weekend. Yeah, that's going to, again, be huge next week. Be with us. The top rank main event has uh, an exciting, speaking of Bantamweight, Bantamweight Unified Champion from Japan, the monster Naoya Inoue. Uh, Jason Maloney will challenge him. We'll hear from Jason Maloney. Marquise, talk to Jason Maloney. We'll hear from him next week on the Big Fight Weekend podcast uh, for that one. And again, we heard from Leo Santa Cruz earlier in this podcast, that battle with Tank Davis next Saturday night with fans, Alamo Dome, uh, San Antonio, Texas. Expected some 10,000, something like that, socially distanced. If they sell all the tickets, they can have something like that for the crowd, for the atmosphere. Could be wild. And we would we would suspect they're going to sell those or at least paper the house some and give some away to have some bodies there, uh, there in San Antonio. And again, that UK show is going to have limited fans with uh, Usyk and Chisora. Big punchers. Can Usyk handle the big punching uh, bruising heavyweight Chisora in his second fight at heavyweight as the former undisputed cruiserweight champion, former Olympic gold medalist. We will see all of that is next Saturday to preview, and we'll be writing about all of it on BigFightWeekend.com. Marquise, I always enjoy your insight and sounding off on all of these subjects. Keep knocking them dead online and on the podcast with me. I appreciate the time. Enjoy the fights this weekend. Absolutely, TJ. As you know, uh, War Chisora next week uh, is press conference week. That guy doesn't do anything normal. I'm looking forward to it. He is he is known for the press conference and the big light uh, and then the big left hand, and not necessarily in that order. It may it may sometimes be the left <laughs> hand he's known more for, or the press conference he's known more for. Uh, love that, Marquise. Great stuff. Thanks again, also to Leo Santa Cruz with us as he'll be part of the PBC Showtime pay per view next weekend, Halloween night. Uh, in San Antonio uh, against Gervonta Davis. For now, we are done. A reminder again, subscribe away to the Big Fight Weekend podcast. Whether you found us through the Sports Gambling Podcast Network of Shows, a social media link, subscribe. It comes automatically to you on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, wherever you get podcasts, subscribe. You'll get it automatically as we go to preview the fights every weekend. Sometimes if they're big enough, kind of like next Saturday, we we might come back with a recap podcast off the weekend as well. If you subscribe, ding, you get it automatically as it comes to you. So do that. For now, we are done. For Marquise Johns, I am merely TJ Reeves. Enjoy the fights, the Friday night Mexico City DAZN show, the Saturday night PBC Showtime show from Connecticut in the Mohegan Sun Casino. We will be writing about it and talking all about it on BigFightWeekend.com. And you've heard us here on the Big Fight Weekend podcast. Bye. It's finally spring, and I'm saying goodbye snow, hello adventure. And during the Honda Dream Garage Spring Event, you can get epic deals on your favorite Honda model. Ready to get rugged? Then take the off-road in an all-wheel drive Honda SUV, like the CRV, HRV, Pilot, Passport, or redesigned Ridgeline. Want to take a spring road trip? Then check out a fuel-efficient turbocharged Civic or Accord. Say goodbye to winter and hello to a new Honda. Don't miss huge savings during the Honda Dream Garage Spring Event. Now at your local Honda dealer.